Welcome to Conversations with Chuck Bennington. I'm Chuck Bennington, and I don't know it all, and I don't pretend to, but I do know that I love my son, and I want him to have a better, faster, smoother journey through the trials and tribulations of life than I had myself. So here's my documented journey, stories, lessons, and experiences that are really for you, buddy. I love you. And welcome back to another episode of the Fit Affiliate. Oh, not the Jesus. I'm going to edit it's that. It's like, you know, whatever. It's all, <laughs> We're all, it's, all, it's all behavior and postulating. So, so much um, between the two. Welcome to another episode of the Conversations with Chuck podcast, the other half of, uh, of Fit Affiliate. How are you, sir? I'm good. That's I, good. I am. I'm very much so good. I, uh, I look forward to being able to revisit conversationally this moment in the season of Vanessa and I's lives when I am at liberty to speak more about it. Um, but good things, good things happening that I wish I nice. could speak to. Good news, good, good shit on the horizon. Hey, and that's that's that makes us happy, and we'll, oh. we will wait. We will wait in eager anticipation of uh, a reveal down the track. One way or another, right? Yeah, teasers just keep just keep us stringing along. We're no, here for the... good. Like I, uh, I got like a lot of notes as I've been going through. So anyway, yeah. just sort of catching up on stuff. I'm like I'm going through and putting together a coaching development course that I've been in the process of and meaning to and working on on and off and like very levels of like you know. <laughs> Deliberately, but these are all just from this morning because, like, it's it's finally really like codified, um, and I think yeah. it has to have been through the lens of looking at if I was exiting coaching, if I was moving away from coaching, what would be like the important things for me to make sure that I had thought about, considered, documented. You know, I think when you're like in a thing, and maybe this lends itself mm. to like some of what we we're going to talk about today. It's it's very easy to lose sight of the forest when you are caught up in the trees. And that has kind of been me from a 10,000 foot view of my own thoughts and frameworks and ideas of coaching, but then also life and mm -hmm. a lot of it relating to, you know, Lisa had suggested that today maybe we talk about conflict. And I think that we generally think about conflict only in the relationship, conflict, strife sense with another human usually over some area of disagreement or something that isn't cohesive. But what kind of like brought it all to mind with this is inner conflict. And I mm. think that that, at least where I'm at in this period of my life, that's a big part of why it's so hard for us to often, or at least for me, I will, I will really work on not saying us, but for me, for the things that I'm not sure of that I don't know is like universal truths are just like, this is, this is a human behavior thing. This is a psychology thing. This is a social thing. Anyway, um, what I'm realizing is that some of my issues in dealing with and managing conflict have arisen from not really knowing where I actually sat with something. It's very easy to pull the stories, the beliefs, the experiences that shape us. And look at, for most people, it's pretty reasonable that we do not seek conflict. Mm. Humans are not wired to seek for conflict. We are wired for conflict to exist, but nature for sure figured out that with our, our soft, doughy, delicate flesh and our very, very long time to develop into a somewhat reasonably dangerous creature, humans <laughs> needed other humans a whole lot more than, you know, conflict was a positive evolutionary adaptation. So we, <laughs> on some level, we, we don't want to like seek to have a bunch of fucking issues. I think at least innately, I don't believe that to be true. And I think that would be pretty mm -hmm. easy to defend. And so there's some amount of like basic conflict avoidance that I think humans have in a tribal sense. And at least my own experience is that conflict was managed fairly poorly through most of my formative years. Mm. Not that conflict was overtly terrible, not that it was, you know, super minimized, but there just there wasn't a lot of awareness, discussion or skill work around like conflict. Mm. Turns out it's super fucking easy. 
Like really, it, it is one of those few areas of life that is actually more often than not both simple and easy. If hmm. you can openly, honestly, transparently, like hot, H-O-T, honest, open, transparent. Like if you can have like hot conversation where everybody's needs and wants are on the table, hmm. most conflict really is not this set of like, checks and balances and reciprocity and give and take and weighing it out that we we often make it to be and so anyway where at least i have found it becomes difficult to engage in conflict is when i don't really even know purposefully what i would seek to gain from the conflict i know when i am bothered by things i know when there is conflict because i need to deal with how a uh, situation makes me feel makes me think changes behavior like i i am okay acknowledging recognizing like sometimes conflict exists because you just need a change but often i have found that i am unwilling to engage in that conflict if i haven't actually gotten to the point of posing what the reasonable solution looks like and so that's a, mm. that's a big life tidbit that i wish i would have recognized sooner is that it's a lot easier to manage your way through and to the other side of conflict if you have the ability to engage in it from the position of posing a perspective that acknowledges the other person's and establishes a path of mutual resolution. And that's a fucking ton mm -hmm. of work to basically say, like, if somebody else can feel as though you at least understand some degree of their perspective and how they feel about a situation and you can bring some alternative. You're like, this is what solves it for both of us. Does this seem reasonable? Mm. Uh, a lot of conflict isn't really as conflicty as it might feel like. I think it, and it can get into that real conflicty space when people are running into the fire of conflict led by their ego so they don't want to be wrong and this is the hill i'm going to die on and i'm going to you know fight for this so rather than coming into it with that open honest and transparent perspective or not willing to engage until they actually know their position or, or coming with a solution it's driven by the need to be right and i think like juxtaposed on that so like i don't want to have it come across to assume that you need to have the entire answer figured out to engage in some conflict, but that mm. is for sure way more helpful. If you know there is a piece of conflict that you need to engage in and you have been stuck or it doesn't feel like you're making a lot of progress into it, work on crafting a couple of solutions to be able to pose. That's a whole lot easier mm. than like, I don't like this thing and I want you to do something about it and change it. Well, fuck, like mm. nobody likes that. That's always going to be hard. Yeah. If you're like, hey, this thing makes me feel some kind of way, not necessarily a you problem, but like, mm. here's a way that I could resolve it that would work for both of us, at least from where I sit. So yeah. anyway, that supposes that there is a lot that is figured out about your own awareness, as well as the ability to be a potentially, you know, complex problem solver who's creative in nature. Not everything mm. is hard. Sometimes you're like, yeah, I fucking hate pineapple on pizza. You don't <laughs> pineapple on pizza well like would we both be cool if it didn't have pineapple and then you're like yeah okay not yeah, hard yeah. um but maybe you don't know maybe maybe the issue with the conflict is that you are so far into not really knowing or understanding what is bothersome or why it is a problem or how you would even go about solving a problem that can't be named defined or labeled mm something that I am working on at this point in my own life at, you know, today years old is being able to engage in the conflict conversation with a lot of just questions and unknown. Mm. Like, Hey, this shit's making me feel this kind of way. Mm. And I don't have all the answers and I don't have a solution, but I wanted to bring it up at the earliest opportunity before it became the monster under the bed before I built a bunch of other stories in my head, before like it really became a big issue. Like I have an inkling that this thing that has happened in the past, so I can draw some type of pattern, cause, correlation. Like I've got some sense of this feeling that I'm aware of in this relationship, this situation, like whatever. And I just, I want to get it out in the open. Mm -hmm. That's something I wish I would have started doing a lot sooner. I've always been really, I've been very good. I think a lot of it was like, probably childhood coping skills and just like playing the game of finding mutual wins. Mm. 
Um, most people that I've done business with or been in some type of like relationship longer term, they're like, yep, I would say that that is a strength of yours that I'm willing to speak openly about. And they're like, I can feel pretty comfortable in taking ownership of. I am, I am very good at creative problem solving to find a solution that works for everybody. Like that is yep, one yep. of my superpowers. Yep. yep. And so you would think that would make it really easy to go into conflict. Um, but, you know, there's a whole other like host of issues and baggage in that. Uh, well, you're playing with other people as well. So when you're going into, you know, not necessarily internal conflict, but with somebody else or a, or a group, you know, you can go into it with this perspective and, and coming at that. But then if other people aren't playing that game, it's like, uh, you know, a game of tennis where you're just going to lob it up for you so we can start this conversation and they just let it go past go no so it makes yeah, that, that be a challenge that's sure. a hard thing to to be able to sit with is when you when you were met with dead air yeah um but you know you've gotta at least my perspective on it at present is you gotta get good at just like having it be water in a duck's back like mm. Or, or if your potential, let's assume that like your conflict resolution does not go the way you would desire. Like, well, is it a conflict that is necessary to continue working on? Mm. And sometimes the answer is yes, and sometimes the answer is no. You know, when Vanessa and I, like when we have a thing where we end up on, on opposite sides of a coin when it deals with, you know life direction or Liam and like not that there's a super specific example that I can think of at the moment um so Vanessa actually took Liam to work today uh with her which is super super atypical but he Mm -hmm. was just losing his shit about not wanting to go to school and wanting to like spend time with her Mm. I was not a big fan because it wasn't the expectation it wasn't the plan like we pay a bunch of money for a school that is part of your schedule and your routine. It's not necessarily what I would view as the most like office appropriate thing for her to do, but she has the ability to do it and her schedule permitted and the structure did. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a thing that like we've talked kind of back and forth on through the day. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I worry that we are establishing a, a conflict management mechanism for him where he's like, if I make the conflict so unpleasant, I win. Yep. And that is not the case. Like, that's not how you get to go through life. And, you know, Vanessa is also, she is better at, she's better at paying attention to probably like, you know, like 80, 20 principle stuff and playing the long game. She's like, I've been gone. Battles. I've been gone three weekends in a row. Mm. I have the ability to do it today. I would like to spend the extra time with him. And if it doesn't work out, then I can take him to school midday. And so that was kind of like, you know, that's where we found some resolution in it. But then like the conversation is, hey, I worry that we're we are rewarding and curating and creating like a bad strategy. And she's like, Hmm. I understand that. And I, I agree. I think that there are times that I allow him to shape too much because I'm too worried about how he feels in that moment rather than thinking about the long term of like how it affects him mm. in life. What's he learning from it? Yep. And so, you know, but Vanessa and I have the ability to engage in conflict. And I guess like, you know, I wish there was some better words to speak to it, but just like, you know, friction. It is, yep. it is. In the sense that I believe we were talking about it, we're looking at it in like interpersonal relationships and interactions. And it could be employer-employee stuff. It could be friendship stuff. It could be romantic relationships. It could be professional relationships. But at least that's kind of the the lens that we're approaching it through is just, you know, conflict Mm -hmm. with other humans. And so Vanessa and I, we've gotten really good intentionally deliberately by design at speaking to and naming our conflict and and like just going straight into it because Mm. holy shit it's so much better that way yeah and i think anybody that's been in a relationship that has even low level or minor conflict that has just never had a light shined on it or never been acknowledged like it Mm. gets it gets gross most people, I believe, have experienced that, where something that 
rationally and logically could be even a minor annoyance, but because it has gone unaddressed for so long, like it becomes a big fucking straw on the camel's back. Or it could be a real piece of conflict, like a real thing like mm-hmm. hey, this needs to get addressed, but it's fucking gross and yucky and I don't want to deal with it. And so we're just mm-hmm. going to keep kicking it further and further and further along. And the snowball just gets bigger and bigger and bigger the further and further it goes. And the more areas of a relationship it bleeds into. Yeah, the more things to get drawn into it. Fuck you, we can't go on a walk together because your mom's shitty with money. You're like, (laughs) what? Uh, so yeah, just we've found... And it builds up to resentments as well. and like that. Yeah, it becomes toxic. That's where resentment really comes from, right? It's like... Mm. We resent the unresolved conflict, whether it's conflict between someone else and ourselves Mm -hmm. or because we are resentful of other people that highlight conflict that we still have internally. Mm. Yep. You know, like like this is a perfect like, you know, example of that. There's tons of there's tons of super fit kids that are super resentful towards a lot of the super not fit kids because really they still feel like they are not fit and like they're just mad mm-hmm. that somebody else gets to live the existence that they stay worried about all the time. Yeah. And like it also exists in the inverse. Like there's a lot of not as fit as they could be people that are super resentful of the super fit kids because really they, they know that like it exposes them to a piece of their conflict. They're like, I don't know what the issue is, but I know that I could be doing better. Mm. And so like, you know, everybody resentments, resentments an an interesting thing to look at and explore. And I've definitely found that like the further I've gone in life, the less and less resentment I have Mm. at all for anyone and anything. And that's a, that's a good feeling. I think that that is, there's, there's some things that, the inclusion of in our lives allow us to test whether we have some shit that probably needs to be dealt with. And I would say greed, jealousy, envy, resentment, any of those things, if they, if they exist with any type of regularity or in any amount of severity, mm-hmm. those are great places to explore, figuring out, making life better. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's nice to not have those feelings. I know that when I was growing up, I definitely, I struggled with a lot of resentment, a lot of mm. jealousy and envy um, yeah. for a lot of the people that and, had the things that I didn't have. That... And w- when you look back, you can, you know, see it once you've moved on from that space. I remember once one of my good friends who is also a member of the gym sent me a message and she goes, you know, when I first met you, I felt like that you always had a, you know, a chip on your shoulder, you're always like, you know, fighting for everything and fighting against everything, she said. And it's been good to see that sort of round out and and change. And I hadn't realized that till I look back and go, yeah, because I was, you know, super, you know, resentful and um, you're just carrying little things and you're like, well, why not me? And, you know, why or why me? And then once you start to get past that and be able to let that go, you're like, oh, it's a lot clearer air. Like I feel in this position I am today, I feel a lot clearer than I do at that point. You know, it's weird, like, right? Yeah, and it's, it's like, it's, I don't know. It sounds super abstract and in a lot of ways it is. There's just yeah. interesting pieces of growing as a human where we are presented with the rare opportunities that we can recognize the progress that we've made in things that are less objective. Mm. And it's wild because at times those switches, I don't know that there's a whole lot of middle ground. It's either like this, this gathering of raindrops that all of a sudden is enough for a wave. And you're like, when did I become this type of person? Or it is one crystallizing aha belief change or framework shift where you're like, oh, forever and always I'm going to look at this thing differently. And so like, it's very clear this decision's made for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I don't, I I haven't experienced like a lot, at least for me, that is more of like this sizable, notable linear progression and chunking. It's either almost this like imperceptible compounding where one day you Hmm. just look back and you're like, oh shit, the the whole thing is very different than it once was. And I didn't even notice it. Or you're like, Hmm. oh, 
on this side yeah. of the line is this, you know, relationship, this identity, yeah. this belief, and and we are over here now, and it's done. And you just her. when someone points that out to you as well, it's like because they, you know, they they can see the forest. To go back to your early analogy, they can see the forest, and you're like, and they go, no, really, you're doing the you you've really moved your your needle or whatever forward. And you're like, oh yeah, actually, yeah, I don't think like that, and then. When you reflect, or I know for me, when I reflected on that person she was talking about, I was like, wow, that was really fucking hard to live like that. Like you, I can remember, you know, when you're not in that space, you're like, that was really hard to live like that. That was just. Yeah, we like, we choose our hard and it, Mm. it seems so ridiculous when you're in it and you're like, no, dude, fuck you. You don't get it. Like life is just absolutely kicking me in the dick. And it's like, that that can be very much so true. Mm. You are also electing to handle it in a way that does, in fact, make it worse. Mm. Because any of these situations that do exist, regardless of like your belief structure and you manifesting them or creating them, like you are responsible for your contribution to the resolution. That'll never change. Mm. The problem is the problem. That'll never change. You do have the ability to influence how you feel about the problem. Mm. And I think that's been helpful for me going back to where we're at with conflict is like, do I just feel some kind of way or can I actually label and identify what it is in this thing that is making hmm. me feel that way? Because I think that's that's been a good piece for me that I I have maintained a lot more, much longer, higher level relationships than most people that I've met in my life. Hmm. Um for a long time, I labeled it very poorly as conflict avoidance. And to some degree, that is a truth. That is an area of personal growth that like, I struggle with. I still am not very quick to go into complex conflict mm. because like, it's complex. Um, yeah. But for a long time, I really negatively associated conflict avoidance. And I think what it is is I would... I was actually just better at having more appropriate value structures and thinking in longer time horizons. You know, kind of that idea of like, is this a problem? Are you making it one? It's like, you didn't invite me to this thing that I have said no to the last two or three things that you've invited me to. So like, yeah, dude, it's super totally reasonable. Or like, I could have slipped your mind or like, whatever. Like, this is me not being invited to this thing is not a piece of conflict that actually exists at all. Like, let's keep Mm. the big stuff, the big stuff. Yeah. As a super shitty example, but yeah, no, I, just, I, I haven't really leaned into conflict a ton in my interpersonal relationships, but I've also, because I've known that I don't love a lot of conflict stuff, I've built more communication, connection, relationship strategies around like, well, I don't have to be good at solving the problem if I can be good enough at making sure the problem doesn't exist. Mm. And so if I can set better expectations in advance, if I can open more doors to feedback and communication through the process of like a relationship developing or like two sets of interactions going back and forth, maybe we don't need to get to like a big piece of conflict or this thing where we're like, holy shit, we are no longer eye to eye. If you're Mm. continually refining as you go, it's a lot easier to avoid it. So like I have not engaged deliberately in a ton of conflict through my life. There is a piece of it that is a weakness, but there is a piece of it that is a strength because those things generally happen in life. They go hand in hand. But by creating better expectations, there's an enormous amount of conflict, an enormous amount. I would say the overwhelming amount of conflict Mm. we ever run into as humans personally and professionally can be almost entirely eliminated by better expectations in advance. Mm. And I believe it right now. Yeah. And look, I think, I think that's true. And, and something that's always stuck with me is um, a quote that I got from Brene Brown going, you know, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. You can't be unclear with somebody about your needs or expectations and then get pissed at them for not meeting those or even like considering them. Right. And I think that that's an important Mm. insight to make reflective is do you actually have anything substantial to bring to, you know, the conflict if Mm. you don't know what the fuck you want out of it? Like maybe you're just mad about this thing because like you're mad about all the things that relate to this shit because like you don't even know where you sit, what you want, what is really bothersome, what's working, what's not working. So 
if you can't be clear with what you don't like in a situation, hmm. you probably haven't earned the place to really try to change the situation. No. And it's, it's when you, again, that comes down to, I think, as well, being able to remove the ego from it and going, you know, just because I don't like the situation doesn't entitle me to, you know, demand it be changed. If I just cannot put a finger on why, you know, it's not just like, you know, a toddler going, I don't want peanut butter on toast for breakfast. Well, why? You want it yesterday. Well, I don't. Well, why don't you want it anymore? I don't know. I just don't. And then there's a meltdown. You can't, if you can't figure out why the problem is, because you're, you know, clearly as adults, we've further developed, then, you know, it's, you don't have to, you, you don't get to just sit and demand something be changed when it's like, well, why is this a problem for you? I don't know. It just is. That's, you know, but you can't, you've got to take away some of the ego out of that of going, I need to have my needs met. Well, and even just being able to like, you know, if you think about the idea of like, you know, the, the ego, not in the egotistical sense of like, I mm. must have my way, but just like in the sense of self, if we can step back with that toddler, it's like, are we, yeah. are we approaching investigating conflict in a way that actually like, allows us to solve it because you're like you know why don't you like peanut butter and toast you like yesterday and they're like i don't fucking know man i'm four <laughs> yeah. but like well what is what is a reasonable alternative what would you like instead yeah you know it's like i can't i can't tell you why things don't sound good to me on a given day that do sound good to me on another day but i can often mm. tell you what i would rather have instead of the thing that i don't like that's in front of me yeah and so you know like can we can we really just like step back and look at can we compartmentalize can we compartmentalize the conflict mm. like what piece of this is a thing to actually work on solving because this is not the me problem this is not the you problem these are not the issues of the ego and the self this is not like the deep work and the inner child and the trauma and the stories and the baggage and the bullshit yeah. it's like we just got to get the same toppings on the pizza yeah, it's you know, not, like it's not the end of the world. Able to understand well, what are the what are the feelings and the issues that will persist on the other side of this actual decision changing? Mm. Because those are the things that we have to take more responsibility for because those are the pieces of self. Mm. You know, if we're looking at making that example make more sense, like if the if the neighbor has a rock on my hose and I'm not getting water, the rock is removed and, and everything that exists in that entire situation is changed. Mm. If me and my neighbor have different pricing models with the water company because of our different income levels, mm. Potentially just standardizing the pricing doesn't change any of our relationships, our beliefs with money, our own value structures and how we build like social hierarchies. And so like, mm. do we have a problem that in the solution of this problem, nobody is worried about like any of the sides of the outcome anymore because there's no longer like a set of trade-offs of views, values or beliefs. Mm. Well, that's a very different conflict to solve for. There's like, you know, there's conflict that is higher level conflict. And like, there's sometimes like, we just have a simple fucking problem to solve. And there's a lot of people that they bring these higher level elements of conflict into what really should be a fairly simple, low level thing. And at least my, my own experience in seeing a lot of that is gym owners and their coaches, because there's so many other dynamics to those relationships that like, turn the lights off when you leave should really just be like, turn the lights off when you leave, but turn the lights off when you leave is like, fuck you. Cause you never onboarded me in this place is a shit show. There's no expectations. And sometimes you leave the fucking lights on and I don't know, I get in trouble for messing with Casey and now you want me to deliberately fuck with the lights. I'm very confused. Um, yeah. So well, you know, and, and we see it a lot, I think with our, with our families and our parents, yeah. Yeah. You know, like me and my mom trying to figure out things that should be fairly simple and non-consequential at times in my life has been <laughs> a much bigger ordeal than it needs to be because <laughs> so many other dynamics to the relationship. But to be able to stop mm -hmm. and be like, hey, 
are we talking about people stuff? Or are we talking about problem stuff? And just being able to only simply identify and name and speak to that for both people in a given situation, mm. that is a huge life hack. Be like, hey, are, are, we, are we working on solving all of the other relationship things that we have that this problem has highlighted? Or do we just really need to deal with this thing mm. and then the other you know, stuff on as we go? Yeah. And a lot of times you'd be like, oh yeah, no, if we could, if we could actually just refocus back on solving this one <laughs> very objective, very simple problem, yeah. I think that we would actually all end up in a much better state to work on dealing with the messy shit. So like maybe that's a tangible takeaway is can you label people stuff and problem stuff? Can problem stuff be spoken to by both parties as actually wanting to solve it and resolve it? And then if that is the case, like just Work on one problem at a time. And it's it's kind of as well, I just had this visual in my head of, you know, if you're coming in to work on this one problem, don't bring your whole backpack of other shit and dump that on the table on top of the problem. If the problem is pineapple on pizza, it doesn't have to then become, yeah, and by the way, you leave the lid off the toothpaste or leave the toilet yeah. and, oven, and this whole, and you never put the, you don't shut the cupboard doors or all this sort of stuff. It's like, no, no, leave the backpack at the door. We're just going to focus on this one something that we mentioned earlier deal with small conflict while it's small conflict mm. and then that highlights another good thing stay focused on one piece of conflict at a time mm. unless it is hey now we are looking at complex problem solving and fuck like you might actually have to get out a piece of paper make flow chart mm. yeah but i think that's like that's a real fucking question is you know, me to a younger version of myself, me to Leah, me to Vanessa is when I am bothered by conflict or when I am bothered by a thing, I'm bothered enough by a thing that the bother from the thing is more bothersome than the conflict that I probably do want to fucking avoid because I really don't like conflict. I'm not a big conflicty human. So like, I, I just know that about myself. So if it's bad enough that I'm willing to go into dip a toe there, the conflict, very rarely are they super complex problems to solve. Mm. Um, mostly it's a lot of like people problems have made a other problem worse. But, mm -hmm. but I think too you can um, – so someone will come and they, they will come to you with a, you know, raise conflict because – something has triggered them or is an issue but then that's not the real thing because they they might be using that as just the outlet so for example if we keep talking about pineapple on the pizza it turns out it doesn't annoy me that you don't have pineapple on your pizza but i get annoyed the fact that you don't make decisions and aren't decisive but that's the thing i'm bringing to the party but i'm using this thing and that's where the waters can get muddied it's like why is this such a big deal what i have on my pizza like why is this a thing now but okay. it's actually this other stuff. The universe provides. And so as Vanessa and I went through this thing where this morning, our, our conflict about, you know, what happens to Liam with the expectation, mm. you know, normal Monday stuff. And then overall, like, conflict as a whole. Mm. Uh, I'll come back to where my brain wanted me to tangent. But the real issue that we were speaking to after we went through it is that I felt like she undermined me. Like I will, I will most often, and we, this is, you know, kind of where we spoke to it is that the most often I am on team defend mom's decision with Liam. Like, nope, mm. this is, this is the expectation that was set. This is what, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's my expectation, grandparents, Vanessa, just like whatever. I'm like, the thing mm. is the thing is the thing. We're doing it. Where'd we go? Mm. Um, but Vanessa doesn't set the expectations that I extend to Liam and the family in as high of a regard as her own expectations, as most of us, most of us don't, right? Like mm, yeah. most people value their own expectations <laughs> way fucking higher than everybody else's. But yeah, for me, there's like a bit of inversion to it that I am more deliberate in trying to uphold her expectations because I recognize negative consequences for that. Mm in a lot of ways in our life. Like I extrapolate that out bigger um, on longer time horizons with Liam, but also just like, you know, how we become the people that we must become in order to have the destinies that we desire is that like, mm. blah, 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 whatever, whatever, long fucking conversation, mm. different one. But 
that was that was the real issue that we ended up speaking to and she's like i i completely see it i completely mm. acknowledge it and i i too would be very bothered if i felt like when i tried to prompt something along in the relationship even though the other person staunchly defended my ideas my expectations and my wants theirs were far more malleable and less significantly upheld mm. and like mm. cool once that is acknowledged, all of a sudden, like almost all of the conflict drops away because now we can confront the true problem. Mm. And so now in looking at like deal making structures, it's not just about the idea of like, can we make this rational and logical? Mm. Because every piece of what Vanessa did today with Liam was rational and logical. She has been gone. She did miss him. He did miss mm. her. She had the ability mm. to. There's there's no real downside other than potentially you could justify like the prorated piece of his school tuition for the day, but you could probably mm. argue that as an offset of the time value of our own time and then like mm. ass and wear and tear on the car. So like you yeah. can abstract most of it. You could fucking nickel and dime in either direction. That's how most mm. people play the game of conflict is they trade symptoms back and forth and it's a bunch of fucking scorekeeping. And mm. at no point is anybody like, what's the actual problem that we're talking about? It's like, yeah. oh, well, Mostly I feel kind of like disrespected that like my shit changes and I don't change your shit. And mm. Cool. All of a sudden we have a very like healthy, productive conversation to have. Yeah. But and then, it, and then you can work out the options as go, Hey, if it's not working lunchtime, he's going back to school. Yeah. And, you know, that's the plan. Okay. Well, and also, you know, in that we, we have the ability to speak to like, oh, okay. Like this is why the, the problem is the problem is the problem, the actual problem. But like we both have the ability to recognize where we feed into that and the things that we feel based on our own nature, nurture, story, <laughs> bullshit, yeah. you know. So it's uh, – there's, yeah. a, there's a, a lot of interesting discussion that goes around about like doing the hard work and like working mm. on yourself and waking up and it it's not that that's not true it's not that it isn't like difficult and awkward and messy and weird but is it at some point an inevitable path of becoming a certain type of person i believe mm. so um and is it worth it I think that is very easy to answer is yes. Mm. Because I have I have the, you know, I have the experience of having been on the other side of it. So maybe that's it is, you know, everything is fine and grand and good when it is all hypotheticals posed, you know, in, in story <laughs> format on a podcast from somebody else. But, you know, if Liam's at a point where it's like, dude, I, I don't know, like I'm dealing with some, I'm dealing with a struggle and I don't know if I want to lean into this conflict. I don't know if that's the right mm. answer. Um, mm. Is it a conflict that you can speak to and name? Is there a true problem to solve? Do you understand where the other person is coming from? Can mm. you empathize with it? Can you see a path of resolution where both people's wants and needs are spoken to? Whether or not they are, they are compromised, they're at least spoken to. And that's very important. You would find an enormous number of people willing to compromise a whole lot on their wants and needs so long as they are actually acknowledged. That is yeah, yeah. an incredibly powerful piece of like working with other humans. People want to be seen. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, do you know what you would want to have come out of the other side of a conflict? Mm. Um. Yeah, just, you know, there's there's just, I wish that somebody would have had me just spend longer thinking about conflict. Mm. And then you can always go back. And I guess that's where I was going to kind of go with it is that, like, I, I've been on the other side of it. I, I know what it is like to be a less developed and aware human than I mm. am right now. And it would be very easy probably not, but it sounds like it would be to like, just give less shits, mm. but it doesn't work like that. And you can't turn it off and you feel the way that you feel your whole life. You always have mm. your feelings and emotions to deal with, but in paying more attention to them and being more aware of them, what I've experienced is there is this fucking like 
crippling kind of middle ground where you are overly aware and you become an overthinker and an over emoter and you can ebb and flow in and out of that state. And it's very easy to do, at least mm. for me as, as myself and my own personality, it is very easy for me to overanalyze. It is very easy for me to overfeel. It is very easy for me to over empathize. Mm. Um, but I would still choose that over the incredibly emotionally volatile creature that I once was that like, I just didn't know. I was just, I was just fucking mad. I was just mm. fucking sad. I would, you know, just mm. like insert whatever yeah. kind of emotion, like, I don't know, but fuck you. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was, that was a lot of it. And so if you, if you would have to choose one side of the continuum to air toward, mm. I would advocate for the, paying more attention, thinking more, feeling more, being okay, conflicting more, but be very deliberate. And this is what I got wrong is I didn't mm -hmm. spend enough time refocusing the idea of like internal conflict. I mm -hmm. took the, I took the story that I had told myself about needing to spend more time on external conflicts. And it's not that that wasn't true. It's that, I hadn't done enough of figuring out what the actual conflict meant to me to mm. really appropriately work on solving it with another person. Yep. And I think that like you've done a lot of that hard sort of growing work and I've been through that process myself. So we know the value in that and we know what comes out the other side of that. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't like to dip a toe into that because, again, for the same reason that they want to avoid the conflicts is it's icky, it feels hard, and, like, why do I want to unpack that? But when you're on the other side of that and you've got through that, you go, you see how the air is clearer, it's less, you know, you, you're carrying less around, but people are reluctant to, to do that as well. They'd rather, like you said, it's more comfortable and it's easier to stay being angry, sad, pissed off, whatever, yeah, because that's, that's just what we point. know, right? Um, I would, I wish that someone had spoken to an earlier version of me through the perspective of we are dealing with these difficult thoughts and considerations all the time anyway mm. at what point in your life did you not toil away on some level internally with the depression the anger be like i don't even know why i'm so fucking mad mm. well instead of being mad about not knowing why you were mad did you rephrase it and just spend a couple seconds sitting with like why am i angry mm. and i didn't and, no. like, it seems so fucking stupid and so simple to say now, like, oh, wait, what? You were just, like, mad about being mad, but you didn't stop to really figure out why you were mad? And, like, mm. yep. Yep. Just went with it. it that doesn't make a whole lot of sense until you stop and go through the actual process as an exercise for yourself. But, you know, instead of really just being overwhelmed with, and so I guess making it more useful... Say you have an overall negative emotion that you assume is born from some types of conflict that exist. Mm. Understand first that it is a human emotion and just like hunger, it is a thing that exists. Mm. You can have more of it. You can have less of it. You have the ability to shift that. Mm. And so like that is an important belief to recognize is that whatever conflict you assume feeds into this emotion that you do not like to experience, do not make the faulty assumption that there is some world in which this conflict or any number of conflicts absolves this feeling from your life. Mm. Because that is a false belief that will drive you potentially to fucking suicide. Um, speaking yeah. to a, a version of myself is that like, if you ever expect to live free of depression or free mm. of self-loathing or free of anxiety. I would, I would caution you to walk very carefully on something that I believe to be very thin ice. I don't, 
at least where I'm at in my own life and journey, I don't believe that those are things that we ever exist in an absence of. We might have no. moments where they are not as present or aware, but the negative pieces of the human condition, I feel like they're, they're with us always and forever. And we either become more or less tuned into them. Yeah. And I think, well, it's a matter of how do I coexist and how do I walk alongside these things that are, you know, part of me and part of my life and not let them drive the bus, but be aware that they're on the bus with me. And so through, so how do, you know, through how being do we able to use, you know, the power of the power of story as a technology internally that we can create avatars of ourselves to navigate two different versions of the situation. So like if we can identify an emotion, if we can identify the situations that have conflict that we believe feed into that, can we mentally split test or look at like path A and path B? If we can isolate all the other stuff, we're not like worried about like, well, he makes me feel this kind of way or she always talks to me like that or like ah, baggage, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Mm -hmm. If you're like, all right, the problem is the problem. This one thing, if I handled it in this way and this way, regardless of the overall outcome, at least mm -hmm. what does the emotional impact feel like? Can mm -hmm. I get there in my head? Can yeah. I at least go from emotion to conflict to two potential paths with it? If I can do that, then I'm, I'm probably a whole lot further ahead than I am further behind. And so you at least have an assumption to test. Mm. Um, and that's, that's a way that I wish I would have thought about things sooner is that a lot of where we attach. So my, my guess is that, you know, you wanted to talk more about kind of like this emotional stuff and conflict rather than just like tangible problem solving, right? Because like mm. objectively, most things tangibly can be pretty figure outable. Mm. Most things are pretty figure outable. Yeah. Um, and so really, it's like, how do we manage the emotions and the feelings that come with conflict? Mm. And by recognizing that they're there no matter what, by being able to isolate and then build potential alternatives, thinking about the ideas of testing assumptions. Because mm. you might go into a piece of conflict and you might find like a path of resolution or it might not resolve it. Like the, the situation mm -hmm. could get better, could get worse. And you have to prepare yourself that you're like, oh shit, that didn't even relate to this emotion at all. <laughs> Turns out like that anxiety that I'm feeling like was not related to this thing that I thought that that was attached to. Like, so we must yeah. go back to investigatory journalism. It's not really journalism. It's just like pay attention to your shit. But yeah, like I, I wish that I would have thought about that. So in the looking into conflict for decision-making and resolution to hopefully feel better, I wish that sooner I had understood these are things that exist as a part of being human and do not ever expect them to just be solved for. And I also wish I would have built a better expectation for myself of like the thing might not even be related to this conflict. Mm. Not that there's any piece of the human experience that operates in isolation, but like the primary emotional driver that you're attaching to this conflict, they might only be loosely related. And then you just don't find that out until like you've gone through the thing. Mm. And I know that that sounds super abstract. And so a similar feeling would be when you have a goal that you would like to reach mm. and you achieve that goal and how you feel changes almost none at all. Mm. You, you will find at points in your life where you go into like some conflict and some conflict resolution. You're like, yay, we solved it. And you're like, fuck, it all still feels exactly the same. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Be able to step back and be like, well, objectively, at least that problem is solved. And also objectively, at least I know that like this thing is not related to that thing. And I, I just wish that I would have thought about those things more where the win that I might have gotten, even though it wasn't the win that I was looking for, it's still a win no matter what, even if the mm -hmm. only thing that it provides is a path that didn't work or one more piece of information. Mm. And you have to find the ability to shift your viewpoint like that if you want to be successful. You have to. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't have fucking light bulbs, right? Like <laughs> Thomas be... Edison had to create that framework shift in his brain where he's like, dude, fuck yeah, I failed. And everybody else is like, ah, 
Tommy, you almost blew yourself up, dude. House is on fire. And he's like, but I figured out one more way that I do not have to try again. I figured out yeah. one more thing that doesn't work. And if, yeah. we, if we can appreciate like the hopeful length of our lives that we have, it's like average mm. life expectancy currently is 78 years for like mm. most of us. Dude, you you have a very good life that can be figured out if you can just figure out all of the issues, failures, and things that don't work. And if you yep. train yourself to at least work on cultivating that, mm. if you can at least work on finding the, the formative idea of that, mm. you have then you're going to be well-served. And you'll be, willing to, you'll be more willing to go into more of the conflict resolution because you can at least figure out how to make it not be worse. Even if you don't mm -hmm. figure out how to make it better, even if you do figure out a change that does make something worse, you at least get a sense of in what direction decisions and actions move these things. Mm. And there's huge benefit in that. And I wish mm. that I would have appreciated sooner in my journey personally and professionally not just like failures are cool because we learn from failures, but like in the very microcosm way of not big life lesson shit, just like how nice it is when you're playing Minesweeper and you click a box and you're like, man, there's no mines in this whole area. That's fucking yep. awesome. And I didn't really appreciate it in just that nuanced sense of like, I don't need to draw big life lessons. Yep. I don't need to have big ahas and crystallizations. Sometimes you can just figure out like, oh, this person does not respond to talking this way at all. Cool. Mm. Awesome. I no longer need to have any like doubts, frustration, <laughs> issues. You know, so like good example of that. Um, there, there's a woman that owns a medical practice locally. Vanessa and I have built a good relationship with her and her husband. They co-own it. They're fucking super successful. Awesome people. We get along really, really well with them creepy levels of synchronicity to our homes uh they have a white home with black trim they have stenciled black background and white mark stuff on their front and back porches they have egg chairs on their front porch <laughs> okay a lot of wild shit the lady is not on the same page as vanessa with texting communication cadence mm. Vanessa and I text a lot. It's been yeah. a big piece of our relationship. It is a, a form of communication that we find favorable to our lives. We enjoy it. We use it often. Mm. Yep. I like that there's historical records. I like that I can go back yep. to things. I like that I can screenshot things. Like, whatever. It, just, yep. it, it is a good yep. piece. This woman, she doesn't like to text. Mm. It's not that she's unable to. It's not that she doesn't see the value in it. Like she's busy and it's just not like that is not a form of communication that she chooses to engage in. Mm. But not knowing that, Vanessa mm. brought a lot of other like issues and stories and baggage and what, a, you know, amounted to in a low sense, like conflict to deal with in the relationship. Mm. Mm. He's like, I don't think she values me. I don't think that she respects me. I don't think that, you know, she sees my time at the same level as hers. Mm. Turns out she just doesn't prefer texting. Yeah. But it's really easy to take something like that. And I think most of us can, can appreciate where we create these stories in our heads about expectations that we have that we never deliver to anybody else or we don't even know that we have. Mm. It was like, well, what, what timeline were you expecting her to reply on? Mm. Like, I, I don't know, but sooner than this. Well, <laughs> you know, like in that, that helped her be like, oh, you know what? I, in the, to, to bring the whole mm. thing full circle, like in this conflict, I don't even know what it is that I would actually want. Mm. Was there an <laughs> expectation that was actually communicated? Mm. And can we separate like the people from the problems? Mm. yeah and and unfortunately we don't separate the people from the problems and we bring over the, all that insecurities and all the rest of it going well they must not like me or or the rest of it and not even breaking it down to something quite so simple because everyone that well not everyone clearly 90 percent of people in your life when you send a text you'll get something straight back 
it's very rare you get delays. And so it's almost like that inbuilt thing that you're like, you're conditioned to expect. If I send something, then I'll get something back. Whereas, you know, that's without even communicating expectation, it's just a learned response, I guess, from, you know, whether it's texting or whether it's, you know, in conversation or whether like, you know, you ring someone, you think, well, they're going to call me back or whatever. We learn these responses and behaviours because, and then when somebody is an outlier to that, it really, it doesn't make us stop and, and blink and go, oh, I wonder why they're like that. We instead overlay our shit on top of that. Yeah, and, well, and make it about us. We could and we probably should. And mm. I think something that's really interesting is when we set expectations that we have that create some type of conflict, but where we're really lacking awareness is in identity. Mm. And you know, and, and like that, you know, I only thought about that as you were kind of talking through it, and I was like, maybe we had an unreasonable assumption because they are that much further along in the game that how I think about texting communication is very different than how somebody that is making multiples of millions a year thinks about texting communication. Mm. And like that, you know, it could be just a bandwidth issue. It could be like a very specific time blocking issue that like, you know, text messages about these types of things from these types of people get answered at these times. And if I don't make it through the list then like, no harm, no foul. I don't feel any kind of way about it, but like I'm on to the other side. Like I don't know that at all. Mm. That could be an assumption, but like it's really interesting that we we sometimes don't overlay. I think identities as we look at expectations and mm. where we find conflict. Mm. You know, you look at like dropping bars in a CrossFit gym, right? When somebody new comes in, they don't have any expectation that bars are going to be dropped, and the conflict actually originates because they're not ready, willing, and able to drop bars. And we're like, fuck, dude, you're going to get hurt. You're going to go to Snap City. Like, don't you yeah. try to save that clean and jerk, Susan. It'll yeah, fucking just... break your goddamn back, woman. And so we have to reset the expectation to change the identity to encourage the behavior so that there's not conflict. But mm. then we end up feeling fucking dumb when they drop an empty bar. And we're yes. like, what are you doing dropping empty bars? And they're like, what the fuck, man? I thought <laughs> Ours was the answer and you're like well only when it's supposed to happen and i never communicated that expectation <laughs> here are the parameters and it's you know that's a really funny example all all the members from my gym who've now gone to other homes we didn't encourage dumping the bar unless it was safety like yeah like this if you can lift it up you put the damn thing down but now there are other gyms where it's like barbells crashing around them they're like and the coach actually said to to one of the girls said you know, you can just drop that from the top for a deadlift or whatever. And she's like, it's going to take me a really long time to do that. So just. Yeah, and you still shouldn't. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, she's, she's, here's my voice. And they're all like, I'm sure Lisa can hear these, you know, through the atmosphere that these barbells are being dropped. But they don't have that identity that that's okay because that's not how they started. And they, they have this inner conflict going, if I drop this, Lisa's going to be mad at me, even though Lisa doesn't coach me anymore. It's like, it's it's not that's not who I am. That's not what I do. I don't have that. They identify like huge big bro dumps as, as a bad thing, and they're like, that's not me. And it creates this whole turmoil. Even they're standing there with a the barbell and someone saying drop it, and they're like, nope, can't, can't, not. Well, and I think like that, that that that's a thing that I wish that I would have realized sooner in like running into conflict was being able to speak to conflicts of identity. Mm. Because you will often find somebody on the other side of some shit where you guys are vastly incongruent because they, they have already built an expectation for how their place fits into this, this conflict, this issue, this problem. Yeah. They already have a predetermined set of viewpoints, thoughts, ideas, and solutions because of the identity that they are looking at being in that role. Anyway, that's a separate conversation. That can get very <laughs> long-winded, but... We tend to be able to head down one rabbit hole and... Well, like they're all related. And like, I guess like that's, you know, the thing to finish on is like, well, I mean, you know, separate the person from the problem. I mean, only so much as you can, because you can't. Yeah, but you can't. ultimately, but you know. Don't, don't bring your full bag of party tricks to the table and, you know, look yeah, at the like, actual problem. Yeah, like, you at least segment like a little bit, then you're probably doing better <laughs> than not segmenting at all. And that's, that's it. It's like everything's on a continuum. 
just work towards mm. better, avoid making things worse. And make it healthy wherever you can. Like healthy conflict is healthy conflict like is where growth happens, you know. I know as a coaching client and for my coaching clients, being challenged and having conflict on that level, that's healthy, that's leading to growth. Let's have more of those conversations. Yeah, well, like it eventually becomes don't avoid like it. some of the more enjoyable stuff. Yeah. All right, All my right. friend, I've good chat today. I look forward to it's our next fun. one, as always. I'll chat soon. See you. Thank you so much for listening to another conversation with Chuck Bennington. Hope it was enjoyable for you. Hope there was some value and some benefit in it. Maybe even had a laugh or two. Even though these are primarily for me and Liam, we sure love to help a friend in need because it's a friend indeed. So if there was some piece of it that was good, please feel free to share it with somebody else and pay it forward. Uh, if you think what we're doing is rad and you want to support it, please just like, subscribe, share, tell a friend. Appreciate you, dudes.